Chapter Ten of the Social War of Nineteen Hundred, or the Conspirators and Lovers. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Social War of Nineteen Hundred, or the Conspirators and Lovers, by Simon Landis, Chapter Ten: Foul Conniving of the Bloody Conspirators. The bloody conspirators have met again at Tabernacle Hall. Reverend Joe Pierre in the chair. Nancy Clover took the floor and said, "'Brothers, as no one but the faithful and elite are present, and as it will benefit you all to know my plans, which, when you are acquainted with them, may open the door to some new operations,' the President ejaculated, "'Dear sister, I have been almost dying to learn your plans and operation, as you proposed them the last time we met, when General Washington Armington's messenger interrupted us. "'Mr. President, I have a word to say which will aid a speedy conclusion of plans,' exclaimed Deacon Rob Stew. "'Brother Stew, our noble sister Nancy Clover has the right to the floor,' interrupted the President and Reverend Joe Pierre. "'Pardon me, dear sister, I did not intend to be rude, but thought if I could hint it to you, ere you speak, that I discovered Miss Lucinda Armington leave the General's, her father's house, in disguise last night, to go to Victor Juno's residence. You would be better prepared to draw your plans up in speedy order,' said Deacon Rob Stew. "'Thanks, valiant Brother Stew. You verily have done me a service, and as I am now prepared to give you my plans and operations for consummating this holy work of purging our cause of all unfaithful members, apostates, and innovators, you will remember that we have one common interest, and if we cannot gain our individual points, we nevertheless are a perfect unit in obtaining our combined ends. I find that several of those whom we love and respect are being led astray, and would rather play falsely toward us than adhere to the principles we espouse. Firstly, then, General Washington Armington is in dangerous hands while surrounded by this Mr. Juno. Therefore we must devote time, money, muscle, and brains to break the link that binds the General and this Juno together. The best plan is to cause a sanctimonious anxiety for the General amongst all religious people. That done, then our united attention must be earnestly exercised to ruin the reputation, in the General's mind, of Victor Juno who has escaped us and is now beyond reach of the plan that was laid for his death through the faithful brother dr toy pansy secondly we must generate a hue and cry that miss lucinda armington has compromised her reputation by injudicious familiarities having in disguise and at an improper hour visited mr juno's residence thirdly that having failed in our first attempt to forever quiet victor juno we must now work more amongst the masses of saints of all colours than aim directly at the life of this vile innovator and by setting up a howl amongst the brethren setting forth the great danger to our cause provided this man juno is not quieted or degraded this our next best step what thinks brother stew said nancy clover whose words sank deep into the hearts of all present Deacon Rob Stew now arose and spoke as follows. Beloved saints, I have listened with great interest to our valued sister's glorious plans of operations, and have come to the conclusion what she does not know is not worth knowing. Let us therefore act upon her plans, and to do so effectually, each one must be assigned his or her portion of the work. Otherwise we might cause the chains to clank to our disadvantage, by drawing attention to matters with the same persons, and thereby cause suspicions. 
i mean that each one shall know in what field he is to operate because we shall have to influence the standard medical fraternity the editorial fraternity the municipal ring the moral literary charitable and religious organizations such as the young men's christian associations sabbath schools bible societies tract and the numerous charitable societies and i propose the following order of work for our members rev joe pierre among the editorial and municipal rings dr toy pansy among the standard medical fraternity and druggists sister nancy clover among the charitable and literary associations and i will take to the tract bible sabbath schools and young men's christian associations i would also here relate what i did last night after i learned that miss lucinda armington repaired in disguise to victor juno's residence i called twenty of the faithful to disguise themselves and join me to surround the house of victor juno and getting dr toy pansy to arrive also at such a moment as to force his way accidentally into mr juno's house and go directly to his bedroom for the purpose of detecting whether this reputed aunt who visited her nephew, Mr. Juno, last night was not the veritable disguised Lucinda Armington. I concluded, should we find her there, we would abduct her and take good care that the wretched apostate would never more come between us and our enemy, but from some cause or other we missed our prey. "'You were not very sharp,' said Nancy Clover. "'Well,' as bad luck would have it they were apprised by mr juno's servant that we were surrounding the house before dr toy pansy could enter the house which evidently caused miss armington to escape but how she got through our lines as we besieged the house is miraculous responded deacon stew how do you know that she escaped why may she not have been hid away somewhere about the immense mansion of mr juno did you search the house said the president rev joe pierre no sir we did not search the house at all but when I found that Dr. Toy Pansy failed to find her, or the bogus aunt, I drew my comrades aside and directed them to scatter a little, until I would go to visit General Washington Armington's residence, and announce to the general and daughter the precarious condition in which Mr. Victor Juno was found when Dr. Toy Pansy returned to his bedside, and behold her ladyship, Miss Lucinda Armington, was aroused from her own bed as though nothing had happened. This caused us to disband for the present, exclaimed Deacon Stew. The reader will remember that Miss Lucinda Armington was by Victor's bedside the moment Dr. Toy Pansy entered the front door, but she at once ran downstairs and out at the back door before the disguised conspirators dreamt that their presence was detected, and before they had taken their proper stations as besiegers, she had fled. Victor Juno, although not a dissembler, for the lady's sake at once feigned to be awfully ill, and called for Dr. Toy Pansy and his family physician. Dr. Toy Pansy was told by Victor Juno's civil servant that something very horrible was breeding around this neighborhood. End of chapter 10